podcast with Nicole and John Ellen. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Awareness podcast with Nicole and John. How are you today, Nicole? I'm pretty good. Excited to mm. be doing another one. Today, we're going to be talking about the wonderful world of failure. Mm. Mm, failure and the the current world situation around how we cope with, deal with, present failure and what failure actually means. Yeah, your great intro there, John. Failure, such a great topic. It's a bit of a um got a bit of a bad rap failure. Like it's something that we should avoid at all costs. At all costs. At all costs. It starts from very early on in our lives. Actually, as young children, failure is so accepted and or or even Probably worse, it's kind of laughed at. You know, a child does something where they perceivably fail and, and it's not laugh in a malicious way, but kind of, oh, isn't that cute? Oh, you did that thing. And so then a lot of us can get a little bit of a complex about being laughed at and wanting to not try things because we just want to not draw that type of attention to ourselves. Or the other side of the coin where you go into the full perfectionist mode to avoid failure at all costs. Yes, yes. So then we kind of go to school and through the schooling systems we currently have, uh, failure isn't really accepted as a meaningful way of learning and and being in a process and evolving as a human being. There's definitely a little bit there of like, oh, you know, you've got to try and it's okay. But the underlying feeling is that failure isn't good and that we should just be able to do things right away. And this idea that Oh, well, you can fail, but when it comes to the test, you better pass. That's not a time to fail. So there's these bizarre structured times of when to fail. So if the stakes are high, perceivably high, then you're not allowed to fail because that's going to be the end of the world and it will affect the rest of your life and no one will like you. And there's all of these bizarre undercurrents around the concept of failure. And this is a very large issue when we all turn into adults and we go and get jobs and we're not allowed to fail. It's not accepted as a way of, it's not seen as strength. It's seen as weakness. And in our current uh, societies that are very linear and I want to say masculine in the sense that it's just not okay to do that. You can't show that type of weakness. And so we actually rob or steal from ourselves um, the potential of succeeding more, the potential of actually living our lives much more joyfully and with much more vitality because we're not allowing ourselves to succeed in our own failures. And we see this quite a lot on uh, teacher trainings with students who in just in their life and through their reflection process are so terrified of failure in their lives. And the biggest thing we can say is that let yourself fail like intentionally be excited when it arrives because this is where we learn everything. And then you realize when you fail that you didn't explode into a million pieces. You didn't die. You didn't die. You just like didn't pass an exam. Like really? And death anyway is not a failure as we've talked about in previous podcasts. Mm, but you see our current society perceives death as failure. Therefore everything Everything else is then seen as failure or the, the idea of a little death. You know, there's so much pressure on, oh, once you've made your mind up, that's that's it. It's set in stone. And it's like, oh, no, 
Not really. It doesn't really mm. help any of us. And then changing your mind is perceived as a failure of some kind of intellectual proportion because maybe mm. you didn't know the full whatever. And so when you've learned the full whatever, you change your mind, you change your perception, you change your perspective because you learned something else. And we don't have the freedom to change our mind and we don't have the freedom to fail. And those two things are so intertwined and the obsession with getting it right the first time, as if that's ever happened ever. Um, it hasn't. <laughs> the obsession with getting it right the first time is all based on that same perception of everything has to be efficient, efficient, mm. running to full optimum. Yeah, which is just, as we mentioned on the last podcast, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but you can see it now because we're in a time currently where there's more and more divide I mean, there's always been a lot of divide, but there's a lot of divide right now because of fear around COVID, around vaccinations, around masks, around all of these rules and this divide. But what we've got to understand is that none of us were trained to deal with failure. So if you're out there trying to convince people of your view, you've got to understand that that means one of you has to fail in that, right? Perceivably, one person has to be like, oh, actually, you're right. I was wrong. I failed. Let me come to your side of the fence. Now, if you understand anything about how humans work when they're not balanced and don't have awareness, there's no way that's going to happen. And that's, that's this level of failure. The only way we can actually accept our own failure is if we have a level of awareness. We have a connection with ourselves and we're able to gracefully move through that to take in other information and knowledge and then be like, oh, actually... It's not that I was even wrong. I just held a perception and now I hold a different perception. And that's what failure really is. It's just sort of changing perceptions and navigating it through our life in a different way. So all of these arguments and these this this sort of rushing and desperate des say desperately trying to save people. Mm. I don't care which side of the fence you're on. But either way, those people are there because they've got their experiences and their knowledge and their truth right now. But the, to get them to, to look at anything else, there will need to be a process of failure. And are those people comfortable with failure? Are you comfortable with failure? Are you comfortable with leaders failing? Mm. Does that feel safe? Does it feel safe to consider that the majority might be wrong? Does it feel safe to consider that you personally might be wrong? Does it feel safe to fail in that way? Or does it feel safe to understand that if you've been lied to, that would also feel like a failure on your part? Mm. Mm. And that you've believed in something that was not necessarily delivered with complete honesty. Mm that things were left out intentionally to create perceptions that aren't necessarily based wholly in truth. And half-truths are just as dangerous as lies. Mm. Well, the way you choose to present a part of the truth is also yeah, just as it's, it's dangerous. It's probably more so than the lie yeah, itself. They like to keep it closer. And we have to consider this because when we don't understand our relationship with failure, a lot of us hold the view that it's that our leaders shouldn't fail and if they do, they should be fired. But that's a really 
uh, uneasy edge to be on because that means that if that's the consequence for perceivably failing in a leadership role, then people are going to do everything for their own survival, right? They're not going to admit when they were wrong. They're not going to admit their failure because they know that they might lose their livelihood. And so they'll do anything to start to patch up to keep the story alive, even if it means lying and harming people because of the perceived idea that failure is the worst thing that could ever happen. And what we're encouraging is a discourse, a discussion mm. around your own held beliefs around failure and what you expect from people around you and from leaders. And can you be more fluid with this truth and understand that not only failure is just a part of the human experience, but it is a very necessary and beautiful and profound part of the human experience. We as human beings have decided that it is a bad thing. We just decided that, right? It's so neutral. And I would even say it's positive. It's a positive thing. It means that we're always evolving. It also means everyone is held accountable in humility, right? We're held accountable to ourselves in the sense of humility because we've failed and we know we're always going to fail and we know others are going to fail. And then we open ourselves to more compassion. Now, when our leaders who are standing up and so-called speaking for all of us, but cannot ever admit their own failure or being wrong, we're in quite an interesting and not so pleasant situation. Mm, yes. And that not so pleasant situation leads to as you said, a, uh, a genuine kind of lack of compassion. And compassion is, it is such a jewel. It is such a, an absolute wonder to have in your emotional toolbox. Um, if you can cultivate compassion, if you can cultivate a real sense of empathy, of willingness to understand of willingness to consider that the person you are conversing with, the person you are opposing, the person you are arguing with, whatever you would like to say, has come to their conclusions based on the life that they've led. And if you had lived that life, you would come to those same conclusions. Then you've actually landed in a space of compassion. Until such time you're not in the full capacity of compassion. You're in some level of kind of false compassion or blind compassion or not quite compassion. You might even call it sympathy. Mm, as opposed to empathy. And so I think as much as I have my own sort of feelings about everything that's going on, we can think about the leadership in, in this country, in New Zealand, and what's happening in this very intense kind of we're going to eradicate a virus which is personally I think it was a, it's ridiculous from the beginning because it's just not possible that's not how things work it's not how nature works it's not how humans work we're social interconnected beings and you know we're very we're very strong our immune systems are amazing but our whole system our belief systems our who we are energetically is very strong and we could have easily I believe got through it in, in other ways but all respect to the fact that the government decided to do something initially saying we're going to eradicate a virus and now 18 months later are still going on the same idea when it's becoming blaringly, blaringly, glaringly, 
something mm, obvious. Yeah, <laughs> that that's not really how this works. Yet that would mean that our leadership would have to stand up publicly and admit that she'd failed to then change course. And I haven't seen much of that and can't imagine it to really happen currently. But then having compassion for the fact that what would people do to her if she admitted she was wrong? You know, what, what would you do? What would you feel? Would there just be this, this kind of hate campaign toward her because she admitted that actually I did something and now I can see it's not working? Or can us as individuals in our own hearts come into that place of true compassion and say, it's okay, like we've got you. It's okay that you fought in this way. It's okay you decided to use this much fear and aggression to, to do what you thought was right. But maybe there's another way and it would be okay if you wanted to change your mind and you wanted to move on. And it doesn't even have to be perceived as failure. It's this idea that we're, we allow people to change course, change their minds, change their perceptions, and actually move in a way that's, that's understanding that we're not straight lines, that this isn't a straight line. It is a complex spiral, you know, and we have to move in that way. But right now we're kind of, we're stuck. We're stuck because truths aren't being exposed and failures aren't being admitted and we're stuck. Mm. And so all manner of things get presented. And if you look at look at different parts of the world, if you look at um, Canada and right now, the Prime Minister of Canada, uh, Mr. Trudeau, um, has decided to call an election because his fear of the fact that his actions might be perceived as a failure led him to throw an election at the people to say, well, you just vote, and if you vote for me, then that proves I was right, rather than saying, oh, I got it wrong, let's change the policy. He's saying, well, let's just see what the people say. Maybe I get voted back in and then I can never be wrong. But remember, the people who are voting also might not be okay with failure, which means they too won't be able to admit that when they had the belief in it and now they've changed their mind or there's a sense of failure, that they can actually admit that because this is all down to every single individual and our internal le level of awareness, right? Our internal level of compassion for ourselves and for others. And so for so many people, and I've seen this, you know, very much in our country that they're like, no, but this is the only way because of the fear of changing their mind. And because John and myself have done this work for so long and we've changed so many perceptions and beliefs and we've done so much research and inquiry that we know the intensity, the internal feeling when a perception of a thing that you've held onto for a long time changes or breaks down. Oof. It's it's a very big process and you need tools to be able to deal with that because we're talking about, not it's not just a thought switch, right? This doesn't just go, oh, I'm going to think like that now. You've got to deal with your whole, your nervous system, your body, your somatic experience is being influenced. And if you don't have tools to deal with that, if you don't have awareness, if you don't know who you are, you don't know how to actually deal with you as a human being, you don't have emotional regulation, then you won't be able to do anything. And that's why people will just say yes, just blindly follow because it's easier than tuning into their own truth, which can sometimes have a lot of pain, a lot of stickiness and confusion, and it's in the body. And it's it's actually the most liberating thing when you speak the language of your body. And you can go in there and you can be like, wow, this isn't as scary as I thought. It's a bit sticky. It's a little bit uncomfortable, 
But this whole thing is uncomfortable. Life is uncomfortable. And the way to get out of that is to actually cultivate awareness and to be the most courageous being you can be, which is cultivating awareness Mm. and accepting failure. And that moment when something shifts, something changes in you, and you do realize, oh, I might have been wrong. This is quite the failure. And the body changes just right before your very eyes, before your very senses, it changes. And you might consider it uh, one of our quite uh, comical teachers um, calls it the aha, oh shit moment. And so you have this beautiful breakthrough, aha, I just figured it out. And then you go, oh shit, what have I done? And then you feel terrible for all of the past actions. You feel like you want to hide in a cave. Everything sinks down. That feeling in the the guts just completely changes. And if you have the tools to recognize that this too shall pass, that these moments are very, very fleeting, and then if you have the courage to stand up and say, Oh, I might be wrong. I think I was wrong. I was wrong. Mm. It was quite the failure. I do apologize. Then that in itself is so liberating. But the biggest step is being able to forgive yourself for getting something wrong. And if we were taught that failure is a necessary part of the learning process, really truly taught that, not Big just failure. Yeah. not just given kind of lip service to the idea that failure is good, actually truly taught tools how to deal with the feelings that are associated with failure, then you'd come to that place and you'd be like, huh, here it is again. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, shit. And then, ah. Because it's liberating on the other side. You know, oh, oh, shit. It's it's great. And it's it's okay. It's It's okay. It's so purposeful on the other side. This idea that it's like, oh, but I would have hurt others or I hurt myself or I did some damage. It's like, no, because every single individual is a sovereign free being and they are responsible for their experience. That is radical awareness. You are 100% responsible for your own life and your experience and anything that happens. So even if you realize something and your perception changes, you're like, oh, I had that wrong. You're like, oh my gosh, but I said that or I did that to another person. You didn't hurt them. You were just facilitating an experience for them to also move through their own process. And when we start to truly ground into this and understand that we are all free, we're all sovereign, we're all creating the experiences we want to have to learn from, then it becomes a little bit easier to navigate through. And sometimes it's just kind of doing the work in yourself. And other times it does call for an apology to somebody. It's not the end of the world. Apologizing, it's okay. It's safe. It's safe to apologize. Mm. I look at some people, you know, you think, wow, I never apologize because, and I don't mean like that. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Not that. That's just another form of victimization. I'm talking about truly apologizing for something that you actually did wrong, where you actually caused, you feel like you caused harm. You actually caused it to yourself, but you caused harm to another. And you're able to sit in that discomfort and your humility 
and apologize. And the reason we don't do this is because one, it is it's exactly what John just said. It's the feelings of failure. It is having to feel in your heart, the feeling that you hurt somebody else and yourself. And those moments, even those seconds of having to feel it don't seem worth it. So we justify our actions. We become more righteous. We don't accept failure. We don't have awareness and we continue to numb ourselves through other things in our lives. And we never get the sweetness that is on the other side of accepting failure. Mm. And uh, Brene Brown, in relation to kind of something slightly different, but she calls that kind of moment the eight seconds of bravery. Mm. Very relevant. You just uh, just have to take that that short moment, and it might be a little bit longer than eight seconds, <laughs> but I think thinking of it as the eight seconds makes it so much easier to take that step towards it. Mm. And if you... If you're listening to this and you recognize how many times you've avoided the apology or really, truly suffered due to failure, then it's worth contemplating the ways that you could unwind it, unpack it, that you could reframe it, that you could actually create a better way for your own human self to to deal with it. Because it's right there. Because mm. remember, you come into the world by yourself with nothing. Mm. And you leave the world by yourself with nothing. Let yourself fail. Let yourself live fully. Mm. What a part of the human experience to miss out on. Mm. And if you don't want to miss out on another episode. With us then make sure you hit that subscribe button, share us around, and we'll be back on air in not too long at all, bringing you another wonderful episode of the Radical Awareness Podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks, and we love you. Ta-ta! The Radical Awareness Podcast.